Let me start by telling a story on myself today. One day this week, I was driving out uh, uh, west on I-70 in Kansas. Stopped at a rest area. I needed to use the facilities. And as I walked down, it's one of these where you park up, and if I think it's just a little bit west of Pekin, you have to walk down to the, the building. And I met a guy. As so I was walking down, I met a guy, and he kind of gave me a funny look, but I didn't think anything of it. I said hi and went on. And <laughs> while, while I'm in the, uh, the men's room, I, I turned around, and I happened to see something behind me. In fact, it, it startled me for a second. I, I jumped, and, and then I saw what, what probably caused his funny look. I, I have a, in my vehicle, I have a, uh, it's an old thermal shirt that I, that, that I wear, or was wearing when it was a little bit cooler, would put it on in the morning. And I'd been, my back had been hurting, so I'd been taking it and stuffing it behind my back as kind of lumbar support. I got stuck in my belt, and I was dragging that shirt like a tail all the way. So I wonder what the guy thought, the, the loser, that, uh, so. But you like to be able to make someone's day, and I'm sure I made his day. Uh, I don't know if you knew this last week, and, and I was talking to Steve, I asked him why he wasn't at church last week, and, and uh, he said they took a trip to North Carolina. They uh, worked with me on this one, Steve. They, they flew out to, to North Carolina, and, and Steve has this problem when he flies, uh, and a lot of us do, I have the same issue. When you fly, you know, your ears get plugged up and, and kind of pop, Bree, you're going to have that, you're, you know, all the flights you're going to be on the next few days. And, and, and so when he got on the airplane, he said the stewardess, I have this really bad problem. My ears get plugged up, and, and it's hard for me, you know, just really is a pain. Is there anything I can do? And she said, well, you might try chewing gum. So they got on the flight, and, and uh, his wife had a, some gum, so he got, got the gum. And when they landed in North Carolina and got off, as, as they're getting off the stewardess, have a good day, have a good day, and she recognized Steve. He's, you know, you're going to recognize him, remember him. And, and as he got off, she said, ma'am, did that gum work? And he said, yeah, it seemed to, but how do you get it out of your ear? <laughs> so, oh, well. I was a freshman in high school uh, sitting in one of my classes when the secretary opened the door to the classroom, looked in, looked right at me, and said, Tim, the principal wants to see you. Of course, everyone turned and looked at me, and, and before, I know what you're thinking, no, I wasn't in trouble. I was a good kid. My dad was on the school board, so I, I had to be a good kid because uh, I was afraid of what would happen if I wasn't. Uh, whatever the school did wouldn't be nearly as bad as what dad would do at home if I got in trouble. So, so I went to principal's and I had no idea what was going on. He said, Tim, have a seat. And I sat down, and, and Principal Stafford said to me, Tim, I, I was wondering if I could encourage you to take Spanish class next year. It was, this was at the end of the semester spring semester, and we're getting ready to sign up for classes. I wonder if I could en encourage you to take Spanish class next year. And, uh, and, and I said to him, ¿Quieres hacer lo que? Uh, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? I don't want to do that. Uh, and I remember thinking to myself, why would I want to take Spanish? Why would I want to take Spanish? As a 15-year-old, I couldn't dream or envision or have any concept whatsoever of where God was going to end up leading me. I couldn't have understood the good works that God had planned for me. At 15 years old, I was just trying to get past that broken voice of puberty, and I was trying not to worry about being so much of a nerd. 
And I, I couldn't have thought, what was God going to do in my life? I couldn't have understood the good things that He ordained for me to do. But the reality is, God had a plan. The funny thing is, years later, I found myself uh, in Mexico, and, and, and that Spanish came in, class came in real handy. The only problem is I only remember two things from my high school Spanish. Uh, Como estas? Everyone remembers that. How are you? And Tio Pablo. I don't know why I remember Tio, Uncle Paul. Um, I, I, Como estas? I use all the time. Tio Pablo. I've yet to meet a Pablo in uh, Mexico. But when I do, I hope he's an uncle because I'm going to call him that. Uh, but, but the reality is God had a plan for my life. We're going to look in, uh, in Ephesians this morning. We're in, in chapter 2. And, and our, the main verse we're going to look at is verse 10. We're going to read in context verses 8 to 10 um, uh, to, to, to see what he, what he says there. Last week we, we looked in chapter 1 and we talked how Paul, uh, Paul was speaking to the church at Ephesus and he wasn't addressing any issues that were going on. He wasn't addressing a problem. He was, in essence, saying to the church there, have a blessed day. He was encouraging them. He was instructing them. He was lifting them up. He was telling them, have a blessed day. He pointed out a couple things that they were chosen, he chose them for, and that they were heirs with. They were chosen for adoption. They were chosen to be moved by God and loved by God and brought into the family. They were heirs. They were given a right to be called sons and, uh, and daughters. But the main point from last week was, was really a simple thought, a simple idea. It wasn't about us. It's not about us. It never is about us. It's about God. We see that continue on in chapter 2 when we see there. You'll definitely notice it in verses 8 and 9 that it's not about us. It's what God's done. But we're going to focus on verse 10. So if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 2, let's look at verses 8 to 10. There he says this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. It's not about us, it's about God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're going to look at a couple simple things here this morning. Here's the first one. Uh, God, God made us. God made us. And, and, and because He did, or... We learn because he did that God planned us. Now, let me ask a question. Last week when I asked a question, it didn't work out so good, but I, uh, it's going to work better this week. And if the first one doesn't, I've got a follow-up question that will. Has anyone, um, has anyone gone on vacation? I mean, big vacation, not just like a weekend thing. Anyone gone on vacation yet this summer? Okay, whew. Where, 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 where'd y'all go? Oh, yeah. DR, just humor me here. What, what day did you leave on? Day of the week was, I don't even know the date, but Saturday? Mon Monday? Left on Monday. Okay. Did, is it Neil? Okay. Neil, did you wake up Monday morning and say, guys, let's go on vacation. I think we'll go to the DR. It'll be fun. Waves, sand, all kinds of... No. Well, I hope not. If you did, man, you're brave. I imagine... I imagine that, uh, that you guys started planning that maybe months ago, certainly weeks ago, but probably several months ago. Uh, you started looking at, at places to go. Uh, you go to a resort, I would assume. Okay, Looking at resorts, you got on the Internet, you, you looked at airfare and you priced that, and, and, and then you looked at things you're going to do. While we're there, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We're gonna do... You started to make plans, and 
and you thought about it and dreamed of it. I spoke this week with a friend of mine that's going on a cruise, leaving next Saturday. And I asked him, he's going to, to the Caribbean. I said, well, what, what islands are you stopping at? Because I, Rita and I have cruised there a few times. And, and he said, well, we're going to go to Nassau and to St. Thomas and St. Kitts. And, and before I could even say anything, well, in Nassau, we're going to go to uh, Atlantis. And we're going to do a, the, the water park there. Uh, I've seen it advertised on TV. I've never been there. But we're going to do Atlantis. And on St. Thomas, we're going to go snorkeling. And then he went on to St. Kitts, we're going to do this. And so he had planned it all out. They knew exactly what they were going to do when they were going to do it, what it was going to be like. Uh, now, now, spoiler alert here. If, if we plan something big in our life, something that we know is going to be really cool, and if we plan it, I mean, we look at every detail and we, we think about it, we put our mind to it, boy, this is, what it's going to, this is going to be so great. If we plan it, uh, what do you think about the thought that God planned you? Uh, do you know that you were planned by God? Now, now, let me point this out. There might be some of you here this morning who are saying, well, I, I wasn't planned. I was an accident. Uh, and, you know, the reality is there might be some here that have some stories where you, you know that you weren't planned. Maybe it was a teenage pregnancy from your mom, and maybe your dad was never in the picture. I don't know. Uh, I, I wasn't planned. My, I, I think I mentioned a few weeks ago there were six of us kids. My oldest sister was six, uh, and, and when I was born, I was born with my twin sister. That usually works that way. And, and uh, so mom had six kids from six down. Um, how do I say this gently? Uh, not only was I not planned, but my dad had had a procedure done that was supposed to ensure that no more children would be born. You can explain that to your kids later, guys. Um, and uh, think of me. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, but obviously it didn't work, and I was no fears that I was my dad's son. I looked just like him. Uh, so... Uh, so I, not only was I not planned, I mean, I was not planned. And I'm sure when mom found out you're pregnant, I imagine she cried for weeks. And I imagine dad was like, how am I going to pay for another kid? Uh, they didn't know there was twins till after I was born. And the doctor said, or the nurse said, doctor, there's another baby in here. And, and uh, so uh, uh, I was not planned. But I was. If you have your Bibles, you know, hold, hold Ephesians, but over, and, and I'm sure you know these verses, they're powerful verses. Um, one thing I appreciate about driving across Kansas, uh, you'll see these verses mentioned a lot, and you, you see all these signs. Kansas is the only place I see this, but you'll see, smile, your mother chose life, or chose life, or something like that. Everywhere you go in Kansas, I love to see those, uh, and sometimes you'll see these verses. Uh, Psalm chapter 138, or excuse me, chapter 139, Psalm 139, 13 to 16. If you don't have these underlined in your Bibles, do so, because they're powerful verses that speak to your heart, speak to who God is and, and uh, His plan for us. Verse 13, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Now catch this in verse 16. All the days or ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be you uh you were planned your your days before you were even born your days were planned by god uh it certainly changes my perspective it should change your perspective when we realize that our that our heavenly father before you were born, when you were still yet in your mother's womb, your God 
already had plans for you. He had already ordained things. We'll see that as we go on more in the text and talk a little bit more about it. It changes our perspective, and it certainly changes our, um, our plan. God, God planned us, but he also purpose, purposed us. Look at verse 10. Let's move on to there. This is what it says. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The Greek word for workmanship there is, is the word poema. It literally means that, that we were, were made for a purpose. And, and if we were made for a purpose, we know from the text, since we are God's workmanship, then we were made by God for a purpose. You might guess, in fact, I'm going to let you guess, that Greek word poema, what, what English word do you think comes from that, that we get from that Greek word? Anyone? No. Close. <laughs> poema. Greek word, English word. Come on, it's, it's right there. Po- poem, thank you. Poem. The, the English word, you guys were trying to think too deep there. It's got to mean this. No, no, it's what it sounds like. Poema. We get the English word poem. What, what it literally is saying is that we're God's poem. Um, this may surprise you. I'm, I'm not a poem writing kind of guy. In fact, like when I give my wife a card, I kind of got now where I don't give her cards. We might be in Walmart, and I'll pick one out and say, if I was to buy you a card, this would be it, honey. <laughs> I just saved three bucks. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then you don't have to pretend like you're moved by it. Because, and, and, see, I don't even get her cards with poems, and I get her funny cards. Um, <laughs> anyone else do that? Guys, you do that? They love it, by the way. They may act like they don't, but they just really love it. My wife is the other way, though. She, she, um, I go in and I just look for one that looks funny. I grab it. If I laugh, then I buy it. I don't care. You know, maybe off color. It may be not even applied to what you know. Maybe an anniversary and it's her birthday. But you know, it's uh, that's what I'm going for. My wife is the other way. She, I hate to card shop with her because she she reads them and and she gets the ones that are like two or three pages long and she reads them through. And, no, that's not. And then she gets another one and and. God bless her, this is what she does. Because she wants it to say just what she's feeling on her heart. You know, it said something about, you know, I love you now more than I did when I... And <laughs> she, she'll get mad at him. She likes to underline in the card. So there's little poems, she'll underline certain words that, you know, and, and that so I make sure I see them. <laughs> of course, I open the card and do this. No money, <laughs> but no, no. No, I really do look for that. But, uh, but I'm not a poem kind of guy. But... On her 25th wedding anniversary, I wrote her a poem. I should have brought it. <laughs> you guys would have been impressed. Um, I, I didn't know where to begin because I don't write poems. I didn't do it. You know, that's not who I am. But, but this is what I did. I looked back, and I thought back of our 25 years of marriage and year and a half, two years before that, that we knew one another. And, and I remembered all the things of our of our marriage, good and bad, you know, the birth of our children, the, you know, first kiss and all this kind of stuff. I, 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 I look back and I remembered and then I tried to put it into to verse. I put it into a poem form. Uh, we are God's poem. Now, it, it's not God looking back in this case. It's God looking forward. God seeing us as his workmanship. God already seen what we can become, what we can do, what we can make happen in our life. We are his, his poem. He's planned us and he's purposed us. 
Uh, see, we're made by God. Here's the second thing. Uh, not only did God make us, but um, i got to be careful because I don't, I don't want you to get a, a wrong uh, understanding here, a wrong intent, but God needs us. God needs us. Uh, now, recently, my mom just moved, uh, early in May, my mom moved in, uh, in to St. Louis into the house with my sister, so she's not at, not at the home anymore. But, but for years, after my dad died, she lived at, at home alone, and every time I'd go home to visit, I, I would be met, usually the first time I walked in the door, within a couple minutes, I'd be met with a list of things that needed to be done. And, and she, she would just say, well, while you're here, Tim, can you... I, I, I've got a leak up around the vent on the roof. Can you go up there and tar that again? And, and I've got a problem with the front door. Can, can you check and see if you can do anything um, uh, about that? Uh, and, and that stool, my mom has a stool that she had set on while she cooked, uh, and it's just a cheap one, and the legs would get wobbly after uh, a couple months. And every time I go back, she'd have me tighten, get the Allen wrench and tighten those. Can you tighten that chair? It's getting wobbly again. And there's a board out on the back porch that's kind of raised up. I'm afraid I'm going to trip on that and fall down. Can you, can you do something? She would have this list of things for me to do when I was there. How, how do you respond to that? How, did, how do I re- respond? I really could respond in one of two ways. I, I, I could see it this way. I, I could see it with, with this... Uh, uh, or ask this question, am I willing, uh, am I, or excuse me, am I unwilling? Uh, I could have said to her, Mom, I'm, I've got a weekend off, I've driven six hours, I just want to kind of chill out here, I want to talk to my sisters and, and see my brother-in-laws, and I just want to hang out. Am I unwilling, or, or did I take this attitude? Did I respond with, and, and, and this is how I chose to, because I really didn't have any other option, I'm her son, I'm needed. And that's what I, I realized. You know what? God, or, or my wife, let's get it right, my mother needed me to do those things. And, and so it actually made me feel good that mom had things for me to do. Now, I, I need to realize, or we need to realize, that in the kingdom, the, the kingdom work, there are some things that God simply needs us to do. There, there's some act of kindness, there's some word of encouragement, there's a display of compassion, there's a work of service, that if we're not willing to do it, if we don't respond with, God needs me, then it might not get done. H- how do I react? And here's where I want to make sure that, that, that we understand. Uh, certainly God needs us, but <laughs> we obviously need God. It's not it's not about us doing the work that God can't do it without us. But the reality is he needs to use us in his kingdom. See, we're not saved. And that's what we see really in verses 8 and 9. We're saved by grace. We're not saved by what we do. See, we're not saved by good works, but we're saved for good works. We don't work to be saved. We work because we are saved. See, God needs us. How, how else is he going to show that compassion? Now, I assume God could could do it some miraculous way. I guess God could, if, if someone needed a word of encouragement, instead of us offering, I guess God's booming voice could come from heaven and say, hang in there, things are going to get better. Wow, that'd be cool if God did that, but as far as I know, He doesn't. You know, there, there's someone that, that needs a bill paid and someone to step up and help me. I, you know, they're in the line and they're a little bit short. I guess God could swoop down with a credit card, a debit card, and here, let me get that for you. 
But, but instead, God expects us to do those things. See, it, it, it makes a difference when it's personal. I, uh, I've done a number of funerals for, for uh, retired military people, or people at least were in military and had a military funeral. M- most of them were for, for guys that had died of natural causes. They were older. And, and, and almost every time when we got the graveside and there was the, the flag presentation and the tw- if they had the 21-gun the, the salute, they usually had some, some guys from the local VFW. It was older guys. A lot of times they were in their 70s and 80s. And, and God bless them, it was a moving service. But, but these guys, that sometimes when they fold the flag, you know, they really struggled to get the flag, flag folded right. And, and the guys got ready for the 21-gun salute. You know, they're struggling to get it. But, uh, but I mean, it's still moving. Um, and then when it came time for taps, at least the, the group that always seemed to come in the Rustville area, they had a tape recorder, and they'd hit a button, and taps would play. Now, still moving. I mean, it's still, you can't hear that without moving uh, your, your spirit. But a few years ago, I had a, a, a service for a guy that had, had served in Vietnam. He was uh, decorated, a decorated hero. He had a, a, a Medal of Valor uh, winner. He, this guy had a bunch of stuff and, and had died fairly young. We got the graveside. It wasn't the VFW. It was the guys from Leavenworth. It was active duty. And you talk about something impressive. I mean, when they folded the flag, I mean, it was precise. When they did the 21 gun, so it's like if you see on TV or a movie. I mean, it's just boom. And when they got ready to play taps, it wasn't a recording. A guy held up a trumpet or bugle or whatever and played it. I didn't know the guy. I'd never met the guy. I knew some of his family. But, I mean, it brought me to tears. It was moving because it was, boy, it was, it was happening live. God could intervene and provide everything, encouragement, compassion. God can meet needs. I mean, he could do it supernaturally, but that's not what he chose to do. You know what he chose to do? He chose to use you, and he chose to use me. And, and that's why I say God needs us. Um, and, and we know it's there. We know this last part of, of the verse, I guess, brings it all home for us. Because here's the reality is, God can use us. Uh, for we are God's workmanship, His poem, His planned poem, created in Christ Jesus to do good work. Now catch what it says here. This is, this is really cool. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Anyone here ever thought, ever said to yourself, or maybe even out loud, well, God can't use me. Maybe you said, I'm too young. God can't use me. I'm I'm too old. God can't use me. I can't sing. When I sing, it brings people to tears, but it's not a good thing. You know, I can't sing. God can't use me. I can't can't teach. Man, some of these guys, ladies teaching, they're just wonderful, but not me. I'd I'd stumble on my words. I I can't teach. God can't use me. I'd love to be able to stand up and in, in front of people and do a community meditation or to pray in front of a group, but I can't do that. God can't use me. I'd love to be able to talk about my faith, but I just get so tongue-tied, God can't use me. I, I can't lead. No one will follow me. God can't use me. I don't have any talent. Man, I'm just so impressed by these people that play and sing and teach. I, I have no talents. God can't use me. I don't have any money. God can't use me. I don't have any time. God can't use me. But do, do you believe God's Word? 
Do you believe that it's inspired? Do you believe that it's true? If you do, then God's Word says He can use you because it says that God already has planned, God has already ordained, God has already prepared in advance things for you to do for His kingdom. God has prepared. Don't, don't tell me God can't use you. He already has plans. How do we find this? Now, I wish I had a, I wish I had a simple answer, a, a, a real one, two, three-step answer, but, but simply we have to be open. We have to be in His Word. We have to be in prayer. And we have to be looking. See, God gives us opportunities. Some of those are small. Some of those things prepared in advance might be as small as a compassionate word or compassionate act. It might simply be asking someone, well, how's your dad doing? I remember you saying that he had cancer. Or it might be, how's your week going? I know the kids are young, and, and boy, you're, you're, look, you're stressed. It might be simply noticing. It might be that small. Or it might be something big. You know, it might be God saying, you know what? You could go to India and make an impact. I don't know what it might be. The reality is, if we just open our eyes, God has stuff planned for you. I had no idea at 15 years old that God someday would use me in Mexico. If I had, I might have taken Spanish 1 more seriously, and I might have taken Spanish 2 even. Uh, I had no idea what God could do me, but, but 20 years ago, God placed that on my heart, gave me an opportunity, and I said yes, and, and then he made it clear. Hey, Tim, I want to use you this way. And he continues to open doors and opportunities. And when we do, when we do open ourselves up, he will provide. How, how can I do that? Will it make a difference? Well, you know what? If we open ourselves up to be where God has asked us to be, he will provide. Urban McManus says this, and it's really an attitude that we have to, to, to have in our walk. It's an attitude that we have to have in preparation to do the good works that God's prepared. Irwin McManus says we can't follow God in neutral. If we're not moving towards Him, if we're not working, if we're not active, if we're not trying to find those opportunities, then they're not going to happen because we can't work in neutral. Uh, let me close with this. I was, uh, uh, I think it was my senior year, my, my friend Randy uh, called me up and said, hey, you want to you, you hang out and and, and so he went, came and picked me up, and he picked my, my cousin who was right behind me, Benny, and, and another friend of ours, Tony. And, and he picked us up that day in a, 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 a Willie Jeep. His dad, uh, uh, Reddy Cash was his name, or his nickname. His dad was a horse trader and a dealer. and a, I mean, he just, and he had bought this, this, uh, this Willie's Jeep real cheap. So Randy picked us up, and so we drove around the Jeep for a while, and then Randy said, well, let's go, let's see if this thing will climb some hills. It was four-wheel drive, so we, we went to a small hill, and, and we climbed up it, and we're like, well, that's cool. And then we looked over and said, Randy, how about that hill over there? It was a little taller, a little steeper. had a few more trees on it. Randy went over there and went right up the, the hill, no problem. Spun a little bit, but we went right up it. And, and, and then we said, well, how about that one? This one was a, a, a quite a bit bigger hill, and it was steep, and it was covered in trees. It would be tough to get up. And, and, and we got down to the bottom, Randy said, well, you know, guys, why don't you get out just in case? And so Randy starts heading up the, the hill, and we're kind of walking behind him uh, as, as he's going. And he gets about halfway up and he starts to spin or the, the motor loses a little power. And he, he, his intent was to downshift from second to first. But he didn't do it. He ended up missing and hitting neutral. 
And you know what happens when you're on a hill in neutral? <laughs> Man, he comes flying down the hill backwards. My cousin Benny was standing, luckily, just uh, about a half a step behind a tree. And here comes Randy flying down the hill. And Benny just froze. So I, it was, he couldn't move. Luckily, the tree didn't move either. Because when Randy bammed into that true tree, you should have saw Benny's eyes. They, they were big as saucers. And, and Randy stated the obvious. Must have put it in neutral. <laughs> Truth is, yeah, when we're neutral, we can't go. Nothing's going to happen. And, and, and so how do, we, how do we find those intersections with our life and with what God has planned for us? We have to be open. We have to be looking. We have to be moving. D- did you realize that you, you were made, that God made you, that he, that he had a plan for your life. Did, did you realize that, that God needs you? God doesn't need anything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. But he does need us to be his hands and feet. He does need us to show the compassion and love. And that God then, because of that, God can use you for his purpose. Let's pray. Father, I... I pray this morning a simple prayer, Father, that you'll open our eyes, uh, that you'll open our hearts, make us sensitive to the opportunities that come our way. That could happen as soon as today uh, in in our church time. It it could happen this afternoon or tomorrow or next week, but Father, make us open, uh, make us prepared, help us keep moving towards those intersections in our life that would put us right where you want us to be with opportunities that you planned long before we were ever born that we can make a difference. Father, what a blessing to know that we're not a mistake, but that you planned us and you prepared us and you purposed us for your work. Father, guide us as we become your servants, as we do uh, the things you've asked us to do, as we become your poem in Jesus' name. If you're here this morning and you need to come to share uh, a decision, if you need prayer, if you need encouragement, if you need the elders to surround you and pray for you like we saw earlier today, as we stand and sing, would you, would you come forward? Let's stand.